Hello, welcome to Jumping On Point, where any episode could be someone's first. Tonight, I'm joined by Mr. White Christmas. He's Mr. Snow. He's Mr. Icicle. He's Mr. Ten Below. It's Jake. Hey, I'm Jake. I use he, him pronouns. And in the other corner, it's Mrs. Green Christmas. It's Mrs. Sun. She's Mrs. Heat Blister. She's Mrs. 101. It's Cat. Hi, I'm Kat. I use she, her pronouns, and uh, me and Mr. Green Christmas, Mr. Sun, and Mr. H- Mr. Heaplister separated, so it's just a miss now. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> and I'm your host, Sky. I also use she, her pronouns. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Before we get into this month's comic, I, I want to talk a bit about what this show is going to be, who we each are, and what we've been up to lately. To start, uh, Jumping On Point is meant to be a monthly book club podcast where I introduce mostly Cat, if I'm being honest, uh, into comic. It's been a lifelong hobby of mine, and I've been looking for ways to express that, and I don't know. I- I'm excited. Uh, what about you two? What are your histories with comics, and what are you hoping for on the show? So, I have always loved, like, superhero cartoons and comics and stuff. Uh, as a little kid, I'd go to, like, the antique store with my grandma, and she'd look at stuff, and there was just, like, a box in the back with a bunch of really old comics, so I'd just sit there and read random issues. And then I actually started getting, like, really into them when I had a job at a hotel working like the night audit and the main part of the job was keep yourself entertained. That rules. Uh, <laughs> I'm jealous. And so from like 11 PM to 7 AM, I was mostly just sitting there reading comics online and I was like up to date with everything and read almost everything DC and everything Marvel that came out. And I would like work on a backlog of old stuff and old stories. And then I kind of burnt myself out on it in like 2015 ish when Marvel was doing their new secret war or whenever they decided to infinity crisis themselves was about the time that uh, kind of oopsed out. And, uh, and now I've just kind of started getting back into them. So I'm very excited for this. Yeah, that was around 2015 and yeah, I could definitely see how trying to keep up with secret wars would burn you out as much fun as that ended up being event comics are too much. Odd doom was amazing, but the fact that there were like 20 tie in comics, just (laughs) did you say Italian? Tie in. Okay. And yeah, no, I, I totally get that. Keeping up with secret war. (laughs) (laughs) i don't read comics usually i had a friend in college who would tell me the lore of whatever i wanted him to tell me the lore of and whenever i did try to get into like big two marvel dc comics or anything the reading orders always daunted me and i ran away and went and read like naruto instead that is totally valid i i haven't read naruto that's one of the ones i (laughs) <laughs> haven't gotten to yet but yeah i mostly dwell in the anime and manga realm hence the jojo's bizarre adventure podcast i do and this is going to be a good ex- way for me to do something i want to do for a while and that is read more comic i've been needing a reason just to read more in general so like i'm super happy for this 
Yeah, that's one thing I think we should talk about is that for as much as I like comics, I had a very weird way of getting into them. That means I haven't actually read that much. I, uh, like Jake mentioned, got in through cartoons uh, when I was young. So, you know, mostly like the 90s Spider-Man and the 90s X-Men. And my mom got me this big dumb book I could read so I would be quiet on long car rides uh <laughs> that was an encyclopedia all about spider-man Ooh! oh nice nice for the longest time that was kind of how i thought about comics is that i didn't actually read them but i would pull up like 2005 equivalent of like a wiki and just try and figure out you know what's going on with thor with spider-man with whoever i felt like looking up that day that's awesome but yeah, it's only, say, two years ago at this point, a local comic shop finally opened up within walking distance, uh, so that's what kick-started me on actually consistently reading comics. It's been really nice so far, and I'm glad to be able to share that with people. Yeah, I'm glad you're here to share this with us and invited us to go on this journey with you. It'll be fun. So yeah, you mentioned earlier, Kat, that you'd have your friend introduce you to any lore you're curious about. Is there anyone in particular you're curious to start reading now? Um, I mean, I did kind of start the runs at your recommendation and list providing, but I'm really looking forward to like really getting into Spider-Gwen instead of only half getting into Spider-Gwen. Um and like, is it the Amazing Spider-Man where Doc Ock is Spider-Man? Is that that one? Oh, that's the Superior Spider-Man. Superior. I love the Superior Spider-Man. Yeah, I, I definitely want to get into that. That's something that seems really cool. And I, there's that one comic. I don't know if it's a one shot or it's where the cat gets the red lantern ring. That looks cool. Oh, Dexter. Yes, Dexter is amazing. I, that name's bad. I changed my mind. Yeah, I do love the idea, though, that <laughs> these aliens pick up the this Earth cat and they're like, "His name's Dexter." Not stupid enough to be a Star Trek name. Throw an apostrophe in there. Is that all it is? Is it just an apostrophe? It's so it went from Dexter to Dex apostrophe. S-T-A-R-R. Okay, it sounded like a 2R name. I was really banking on that, and I'm glad I was right. <laughs> I'm glad my gut knew. I just love, like, this cat was pissed off enough to become a superhero. That's just, that's the best. I feel that. I I saw this tweet too long ago to dig it up and give proper credit, but I, whenever I see him, I think about uh, someone used as an example of how modern superhero comic artists really tend to only know how to draw superheroes and use Dexter as an example because they accidentally gave this normal house cat a six pack. What? <laughs> no, when you become, if you're an animal and you get a lantern core ring, you get abs that fly. Abs. Those planets? Abs. <laughs> Hal Jordan? Abs. Yeah, you didn't think you just had those, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Nobody has abs. 
Kyle Rayner's abs are actually just like he just made him look like that. His on his suit, <laughs> it's just always consciously like something he's making look real. Oh my god! I just I just looked up the Dexstar six pack thing. Oh my god, <laughs> that is awful. <laughs> I the a that whips b while I was googling that. There's a video option, and the first one is Lego Batman three Dexstar free roam gameplay. Yeah, he's in there. People love him. <laughs> okay. Is that the prequel or the sequel to, to Dexstar's Lab? <laughs> Shut up. Okay, Jake, you tell me about comics. <laughs> I'm funny. <laughs> uh, that, that, that killed me. I'm looking at this cat's... <laughs> muscles stop stop yeah i put that in the discord so that hopefully i'll find a way to include it in the visual companion or in the show notes by the time this goes up that's just the podcast start <laughs> it's just no. next star <laughs> it can't just be that there's too much good art in klaus for me to you're right the podcast art will just be a big speech bubble that says thought metal. But really though, what were you excited to read on the show? Um, so yeah, when I was like reading comics a lot, I mostly just stuck to like the big two stuff, some image, some of like the more popular boom series. So I'm really interested to like dig into a lot of stuff that's gone on since I've kind of fallen out of comics and also a lot of like the smaller stories or stories from that are like more succinct other than just like, you know, the weekly Batman number 933. Yeah, that's one thing I've considered kind of a challenge in putting together. Uh, we've got this big list of comics that we're referring back to called the hat. Like we're, the joke is supposed to be we're pulling names out of a hat. So in the hat, one thing I've been finding difficult is, like you were saying, not just including one really good issue or trying to figure out how the hell to include Archie. Because <laughs> I want to talk about Archie, but like... We just break format and watch Riverdale. <laughs> Uh, right? Yes. And maybe that, that'll be our Halloween special. <laughs> our April Get Fool's Day special. Get some snick snacks and three buccaneers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so, yeah, as for myself, uh, because of how I got in, I, I consider big two superhero comics to be my special interest, and I do want to use this opportunity to branch out more, so I've made sure to include like some manga, some web comics into the mix. Uh, in particular, the one that I included that I'm really curious to see is the original Common Rider run. Yes. Ooh, I didn't see that. That was in the hat. Awesome. Yes. Common Rider is good, as it turns out. Bugs, good. Punchies, good. Bugs doing punchies, super good. Bugs doing big kickies, even better. <laughs> Bugs doing <laughs> Bugs doing big kickies off of motorcycles. Yes. yes. 
So yeah, uh, that's all I had in mind in terms of introductions. You, you want to talk about what you've been up to lately? Sure. I have been very busy lately. It's it's finals week as of the time of recording this almost. I I work all the time, but I'm also finishing up a bachelor's degree in philosophy. So that's I'm very I'm studying a lot, you know? I am trying to teach myself guitar. I'm trying to do yoga more. I'm trying to read like three different philosophy texts and witch theory at the same time. And I'm trying to do Christmas shopping. And I am making an editing standoff, the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Bracket Podcast, where we put stands up against each other in a randomized bracket to determine which one's objectively the best. Damn, I can't live up to that. I just, uh, I'm playing a lot of Borderlands. <laughs> I don't envy me. It's, it's not fun to be doing so much. <laughs> I, uh, well, no, actually, I got a new job, and that's pretty cool. Hell yeah. I know, I no longer work for the evil man. They're not going to know what you did before. You're going to have to tell us about your LexCorp job, man. <laughs> um, without getting too specific, basically I was an IT guy and uh, I was miserable. And now I'm a customer support guy. And um, I, I thought I didn't like working with like customers and people. So I got a job where I didn't do that. And then I, I realized I missed it. So, so now I am on the phone with customers all day, helping them solve whatever their issues may be. And it's pretty darn fun, actually. Nice. I, I did work like that for about like three and a half years, and I don't miss it, but it is fun. Yeah, I uh, I had been working at a, the hotel, like I mentioned earlier, forever. And I think that was like my favorite part was just like all the different people and like interacting with everybody and helping them out. And I was like, oh, man, that's exhausting. I don't want to do that anymore. And then I got a job where I just worked in my little corner, didn't talk to anybody, just wrote code and programmed stuff and i was so bored and i worked for the evil man so yeah gotta gotta get out before <laughs> spider-man comes in and busts up the operation and sky what are you up to yeah well i've been pretty much just pushing carts since i've got out of college so i'm uh just been trying to push myself to do new things outside of work because of that uh, that's how this show came about in a broad sense and yeah uh, i know i'm the one who asked but i didn't really have anything particular in mind uh, i think partially because i was excited about this show i've been on a bit of a kick lately looking at different weird santa movies oh that's fitting yeah, so I watched both original Netflix Santa movies. I tried and failed to find the Santa Claus Shonen anime. I whoa, 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 wait, what? Yeah, explain. Okay, so there's a book called Life and Adventures of Santa Claus, which apparently, by reputation, fucking rules. He, like fights wizards and has a pet bear and shit and uh that got adapted both into a rankin bass movie and an anime holy shit amazing yeah that's super super cool um awesome i'm gonna, I'm gonna go write this down real quick <laughs> technical difficulties be right back now i've lost a train of thought uh all right yeah i was talking about Santa Claus. Santa May. 
<laughs> yeah, so speaking of trying new things, I did bring something with me for the show. That was good, Foley. <laughs> Should I keep that in? Yeah, because you were talking over it. <laughs> what happened? Uh, so as you can hear, I've got a glass of eggnog and rum. Twice. Hell yeah. So eggnog's made with real eggs, right? Did you just sip it? Yeah, it's... I've honestly never thought about how the cursed drink is made. I love it, but it is cursed. Yeah, that's about how I'm feeling. Not good? It's... I like the eggnog part of it, but I still don't like alcohol. Kraken whips. I'm I'm having the smart girls drink, and I'm drinking a grapefruit white claw. (laughs) Is that the tagline, the smart girls drink? It is. It definitely has real grapefruit juice in it, but I don't think it's enough to make my medicine not work. <laughs> I feel like you should change flavors just in case. It's the only one that's left. You heard it here first, y'all. Grapefruit White Claw reverses feminizing hormones. <laughs> no! Just, uh, I'm drinking liquid Skittles. Elaborate for the audience, please. <laughs> um, it is a drink called Rainbow Unicorn, and uh, it's an energy drink that is way too much caffeine for this late at night, and uh, it tastes like Skittles. I don't know what it's supposed to taste like, but it tastes like if you just chewed a bunch of Skittles. It's great. 7 p.m. is not too late for an energy drink. It is when I have to wake up at 4.30. Damn, you right. <laughs> Hey, uh, sorry about making you record at night, I didn't. No, 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 like, this would be fine if I was not drinking that. <laughs> this is my fault. You're valid. Because <laughs> normally I probably wouldn't go to sleep until, like, 9 or 10, but that's not happening. Look, if you if you just stay up until 4, then you're good. I think this is a tangent. Who knows if this will be in the episode, but I have a theory about staying up all night and that's that what's your theory there's this thing called the sleepiness threshold where like if you're staying up all night and you pass if you like are getting close to the sleepiness threshold and you go to sleep you're fucked you're gonna be miserable the next day but if you make it past that threshold where you're like dead dead tired and you go into the next day after that just having not slept at all after you pass a point you're just energized again you get that second wind and you're good until you die (laughs) Yeah, no, that is, I think that's absolutely a thing. I've definitely experienced that. Um, like, I don't know what it is, but yeah, that's absolutely a thing. And it's wild. So maybe I should do it. <laughs> that's what I'm recommending. Yeah. 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 The one time I stayed up all night, no sleep at all, was on accident and pretty much how you described. You've only done that one night? Yeah. Valid. I've done it way too many times. I, the semester before I dropped out of college the first time, I used to stay up all night, every night, and then fall asleep at like 1 p.m. the next day. And at 1 a.m. I would steal food from the convenient mart in the lobby of my dorm. That's <laughs> stealing. It's not stealing if I went up to the self-checkout and pretended I was paying for it. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> it's just smart stealing so listen i was poor and i was depressed hey, i said it was smart so thank you you're good you're good <laughs> they didn't need my money yeah, they're they're fine shout out saint john's <laughs> <sighs> so comics huh yeah comics 
So speaking of comics, uh, looking at Twitter and apparently, <laughs> apparently that Kingdom Hearts DLC is out. It's not out. The trailer's out. And I saw that in the Orange Grove's Discord and I wasn't going to say anything about it because if we talk about it, I'm going to die because I need to watch it. Oh, oh man. Oh man. Yeah, I just saw one tag trending on Twitter and it has me excited but mostly worried. What's the tag? Playable Kyrie. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm down for that. If well, actually I don't know if I trust Numera, but Exactly. That was like a roller coaster. I was like, yeah, and then I was like, oh wait. I'm I'm excited for Playboy Kyrie. The only the thing that would make the Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind DLC a 10 out of 10 experience is if they bring back the good outfit sim part from Birth by Sleep Fragmentary Passage. Let me put Sora in cat ears. Yes. No, no, if it's Sora, he gets lion ears. No. <laughs> <laughs> They're the same, they're just called that. Give me a cosmetic that lets me play as Meow Wow with a keyblade. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Cursed. No, blessed. Meow Wow's beautiful. Meow Wow's a precious baby. I, I had a Meow Wow keychain once, and I lost it, which makes me very sad. But I've been thinking of like asking for a new one for Christmas. I mean, if you're willing to explain to your parents who Meow Wow is... I, I absolutely am. I'm also willing to tell Santa who Meow Wow is. Silly cat, don't you know Santa Claus isn't real? Um, I thought there were... Sounds funny. I thought there were like five, and one of them was a goat. God, yeah, that moment, though. League of Extraordinary Santa Men. That, mo- that moment in what, Sky? In this week's comic, Klaus by Grant Morrison and Dan Mora. I keep saying this week, this month. Yes, this is a monthly program. Otherwise, Cat would die. Potato, potato. Otherwise, I would also die trying to edit. <laughs> you know, I'm willing to pull back the curtain. That's exactly what happened. The original pitch for this show was a weekly Kirby recap podcast with the three of us, and and it just didn't work out i i hope someday in the future we can revisit that because that was fun i miss taking two and a half pages of notes on episodes of kirby right back at you i really need to just go ahead and play the rest of the kirby games because i still haven't you're no longer beholden to (laughs) waiting for me to do an episode on it Uh, yeah that was yeah that's gone now that's in the past name no star show is behind us and now it's jumping on point hours yeah like you said i would like to revisit it at some point but i don't know after maybe after we get consistent schedules or money for doing this or both both is good yeah in in the words of another podcast that i know and love we'll get there I keep making the horrible mistake of opening Twitter and reading it when I meant to be. <laughs> no, that's pot. That's poison. It is. That's podcast poison. Listen, here's what I have to ask you: Is is this my daddy's Santa? <laughs> oh, we're going straight to that, huh? Yeah, fuck it. Well, cat, this ain't your daddy's Santa. <laughs> I just spit my claw into my eye. I don't want to describe the logistics of that. (laughs) 
you okay? I, w- I wanted to ask Hal, but I'm just I'm just gonna say, ouch. I I'm so sorry. Thank you. How how is it this by Daddy Santa? You described it. It's Klaus, which is kind of a weird way to describe claws or to say claws. I guess is the right way to say that. What's what's him deal? All right. So, do you want to go into the synopsis first, or how do you want to talk about this? I think we should give the rundown first and then go into how we feel about Klaus. Okay, so the short version is that this is writer Grant Morrison's reinvention of Santa based on... I don't know if he directly based it on Santa Claus is coming to town, but there's a lot of neat parallels. Are there? Some. He fights a baron in both of them. I know we did that bit. He misers not in Klaus. Listen, Baron Bjorn and Baron Burger Burgermeister is the same. God, I forgot it was fucking Mayor McCheese in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Burger Burgermeister. Yeah, that's just Mayor McCheese from the McDonald's lore. <laughs> oh, fuck, it is. <laughs> Mayor McCheese from Persona 4. <laughs> yeah you're right Uh, okay so yeah it's a reinvention of santa claus which in the first seven issues it focuses on santa in an unnamed vaguely medieval-ish past where he slowly learns and becomes more like the santa we know and love uh I said this to Kat earlier in the week, the way I would describe it tonally is that it, it's a Santa comic in the same way the Trans-Siberian Orchestra makes Christmas music. Oh, hell yeah. All right. In case anyone's not familiar, they're the ones who uh, do heavy metal guitar versions of Christmas music. It's very good. Get whips. That is such a apt <laughs> comparison. That is amazing. So yeah, uh, again, I don't mind pulling back the curtain on this show. We prepared about half of a recap, and that's my fault. Fine. So I don't know if we should just try to read that out. What do you guys want to do? Let's follow what we have and then fucking play jazz from there, baby. It's all about the details you don't have written down in a Google Doc, you know? (laughs) All right. Uh, So who wants to start? I'll go. Go like one bullet point at a time? Like we'll rotate? Yeah, I think that that's what makes the most sense. All right. So uh, Klaus enters the town of Grimsvig. We learn that he's been here before and that it was better before all the men were sent to the mines. They kick him out, take his stuff, call him a werewolf. Sergeant Linkvist thinks the town is being too hard on strangers. His boss, Baron Magnus Bjorn, is taking all the toys for his son Jonas. His wife Dagmar seems curious about the wolfman. After Klaus's pet wolf Lily saves him, Klaus vibes with the spirits of the Northern Lights, <laughs> the Shining Family, and wakes up surrounded by toys. And this is when I knew it was truly a Grant Morrison comic. 
Damn, they really just vibing, though. <laughs> they vibing. Yeah, it, I didn't know how else to describe it, because what actually happens is that he plays a song on his flute, which Lily sings along to, and the the entire page just turns into tie-dye. It's possessed by some rainbow skeleton alien looking things and makes a bunch of toys. Is it implied that the soupy drinks is full of like hallucinogenic mushrooms or is that just nothing? I didn't consider that, but probably. If it is, I didn't pick up on it either, but that's our new, that's the canon. It's canon. We've decided. Yeah, when, when are Klaus and Lily going to go on tour for their album? Oh, but wait, the toys that Klaus makes are alive and they look up at him when when he wakes up. I feel like that's important to note. Okay, that's something else I didn't realize. Like, I knew he was surrounded by them, but I didn't put it together that they were all looking at him. Yeah, they're all like, hello, papa. <laughs> <laughs> they're all like, you got games on your phone? <laughs> Baby Yoda voice, you got games on your phone, though. Little little Yoda. <laughs> that is an inside joke for no one. You can't stop little Yoda. <laughs> That's an inside joke for me. <laughs> That's why I make podcasts, is to make jokes that only I understand. Yeah. Alright, so do you wanna go next or should I? <laughs> I'll take issue two, yeah. Um so in the start of issue two, uh, Klaus sneaks back into Grimsvig. There are guards patrolling the walls, but he buries them under a giant snowball. And uh, when the town wakes up, there are presents of the toys that Klaus made and graffiti all over the place, specifically of like posters of Baron Bjorn. Uh, Jonas, Bjorn's son, takes the toys. They're collected up from all the kids Klaus actually left them for. And when they don't come to life for him, he destroys all of them. And uh, Dagmar, the Baron's wife, thinks that the bird is familiar. And uh, (laughs) meanwhile, Klaus is trying to escape and there's a new elite guard, Olav. You know he's elite because he's twice as tall and twice as wide as all the other guards. And he gets his ass kicked by Klaus because Klaus does that Joseph Joestar trick where he lays down a rope and then traps him in it and then hits them with Hammond. (laughs) Klaus is like, you see... Strands can connect us or they can bind us. Yeah, it's just like Mario and Princess Beach. <laughs> uh, okay, but. That's also a joke for no one. Right. Yeah. The overlap between people cool enough to listen to this podcast and people who play Death Stranding is nothing. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I've listened to my friend talk about Death Stranding a little bit, so, like, I'm basically there. <laughs> uh, we, we'll talk about that more if you want after we're done with the recap. So, uh, what happens next is that the guards release a bunch of hounds that they think will be able to stop Klaus, and when they do... Lily appears in town and she's able to scare them off. Just she doesn't even do anything just by being a big ass wolf in town. And uh, while that's happening, Klaus is sneaking away on rooftops where magical letters are flying out of chimneys and to him. I, 
Yes. I t- I thought that that was just like they burned the letters and then they went to the cool light spirits and they whispered in Klaus's ear. I forgot that they actually just went up to him through magic. Well, now I'm not sure because they because he sees them floating up out of the chimneys, but they might not like land in his pocket. They might be going to the the spirits, like you said. No, he definitely got them because in issue six, he's holding Lucas, not Lucas. Who the fuck is Lucas? Jonas's letter. Jonas, yeah. Like he got it. I. It's just very funny. Do you think they just think it's magic, but it's really just updraft from the fires that blow them <laughs> up out of the chimneys? Science, baby. <laughs> I've played Breath of the Wilds. <laughs> okay, so yeah, after Klaus receives those letters, uh, he escapes town and he he communes with the spirits again. This is paralleled with Magnus entering into his library down through the coal mine where he speaks with an evil, unknowable voice. And uh, yeah, after receiving advice from spirits, Klaus re-enters the town, uh, leaves another... Another calling card, this time a giant rune in the town square, like carved into the snow. The Nordic rune for joy. Yeah, specifically it is Win is the name of the rune. Oh shit, did you look those up? I I just looked it up now, but like this is something I've been meaning to get into for a while. But yeah, I, I did the Google. I appreciate it. Uh yeah, the next thing he does is he revisits a giant towering pine tree that is clearly long dead, cuts it down, and burns it to create a distraction while he heads towards the castle to visit Dagmar. And that's where the issue leaves off. Then uh, in the next issue, we start on Klaus's origin. So... Uh... His mom froze to death in the wilderness, but he somehow survived. And uh, they named him Klaus, which means the victory of the people. Klaus and Dagmar were friends. For some reason, she thinks he killed her father. We find out that it was Magnus, though. He was like the he was Dagmar's father's like assistant kind of guy. And he was like, oh, take your medicine, sir. It was actually poison. Did that JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 1 Phantom Blood on him? Yeah, <laughs> he's he's more of a Jafar than a Dio. <laughs> no, I guess he's a Dio. He's like a child man. <laughs> At the time, he was just a child, but yeah, or maybe a teen. Whatever he was, he was a shithead. Yep. <laughs> um, Klaus met Lily when he spared her during a hunt. They found like they killed a bunch of wolves, and then he's like, "Oh, but this one's baby." <laughs> And just <laughs> left her alone. Um, then years and years later, Lily returned to the favor when Klaus was exiled for being blamed for poisoning the king. In the present, Jonas is mad that none of his toys are magic. And then uh, Agmar brings him one that Klaus made special for him and actually like kind of gets him to imagine and play. And he st- stops being terrible, which was shocking to me because I thought this kid was going to be just as bad as his dad the entire way through. 
Yeah, and when he starts to play, notably that's when his uh, little action figure does start to move and come to life, which is then interrupted when his horrible, no-good, terrible father comes in and says, like, hey, stop playing with your toys, I got a grown-up job for you. Oh, yeah, it, that's that's the start issue five, right? Or no, that's before. No, that's before. I'm just looking at the comic now. That's why. Uh, yeah, after that, we go to the mines where some people are seriously hurting themselves, just trying to continue working. And Sergeant Linkvist is reconsidering his place in all of this when he swears he hears a voice coming out of the crack in the wall. And as he leaves the mine re-enters his home and what he says here is it's you isn't it the werewolf the santa <laughs> yeah i don't know how we got there but after a point they just start referring to him as the santa in reference to like the mystical weird spirit that must be leaving presents magically yeah yeah, like a spirit of the Northern Lights or something, I think is the in-lore understanding of it. There's a lot of things in Klaus that kind of just happen, and this is one of them. Yeah, uh, speaking of just happening, while the two of them have a conversation, it's revealed that uh, they used to be partners in the in this town's army. Yeah, one thing they specifically draw attention to is that the town's colors, red and white, used to mean something. The white of the snow and red representing the blood of the people. I fucking, I love that a consistent theme of this is that Grant Morrison is trying to rehab uh, Santa as a working class symbol of the people. Yeah, hey, we're not there yet, but fucking Santa's origin is he institutes a class uprising, and that fucking whips. Yeah. Santa's like, hey, unionize. (laughs) But yeah, he starts that effort by encouraging his friend, his former friend, that they they might have been wrong to to work for the most evil-looking man I've ever seen. When he has his hood up, he's just eyes and teeth. Oh my. Pale with long, greasy black hair. And in some panels, he his face gets exaggerated so much that he kind of just looks like a skull. Yeah. Oh yeah, I didn't even... But yeah, the cliffhanger for this issue is that there's one last page in the castle where Baron Magnus is requesting his son write a letter to Santa because it has to be convincingly in a child's handwriting. Yeah, can can I take the next chapter <laughs> or the next issue? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, so it starts and... Uh... Jonas and Dagmar in the library and they're talking about how (laughs) Bjorn consults this really fucking evil book all the goddamn time that has a devil's face in it and how they made up a story to trick the Santa and then Bjorn comes in holding his sword and he's like 
yo, the king's gonna come kill us because I've been a really bad ruler because I've been listening to this demon. We gotta get out of here after we kill the Santa. Yeah, I wanna mention... (laughs) I'm gonna kill Santa and get out of town. I don't think this is super important, but the sword you mentioned is as tall as him. The only reason it's that tall is that so that when he walks into the library, he can be dragging it across the floor. Yeah, he does mention that the demon at the bottom of the coal mine is giving him enough strength to lift this. I shouldn't even call it a sword. It's (laughs) too large, too rough. It's more like a slab of iron. Damn. (laughs) He's just got a big metal paddle. Damn, cool Claymore reference. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, wait, you can keep going. Thank you, yeah, so he cut away from Guts Berserk and his wife and child. Um, when we cut to Klaus dropping presents down chimney. Because <laughs> we had to get there at some point. And while he's, drop- while he's running across rooftops, there's like a speech bubble from guards way below him who's like, how does he do it? I don't get it. He must be a ghost. <laughs> A ghost wolf. Um, and once he's done dropping gifts, he reads Jonas's letter. And it's like, Dear Santa, I hope my special wish reaches you. Do you know about Greek mythology? It doesn't give the full letter until later, but it's like, Hey, do you know about Greek mythology? There's this thing called the Trojan horse. And I know you probably don't know about that, but I want you to bring one to me in this place. And it's like... This isn't lampshading anything. I don't think this is important. Kid's just asking for a Trojan horse. Santa, Santa kind of dumb, actually. Honestly, I think that's, it's really clever. Like, okay, in the context of the story, it's very silly. But the idea that could have just said, oh, bring me a medieval yo-yo. But like... (laughs) (laughs) The fact that now that he's a good kid and he kind of wants to help his mom and Santa, so he writes Trojan horse to try and hint that it's a trap. I think it's good. Damn. No, you you sold me on it. I wasn't thinking of that. You turned me around. That whips. But Sky, there's no such thing as medieval tops. We know Beyblades have existed from before Christ happened. Moses used a Beyblade to part the seas. Exactly. His bay parted the Red Sea. So Klaus, um, while Klaus breaks into the mines and is like, hey, I'm the only one who has to work at Yule. And a guard goes up to hit him. And one of the miners goes up and hits the guard in the back of the head. And this is what starts the class revolt. They pretend there's a fire in the mine and they all leave. And Bjorn and Dagmar fight about the evil demon that Bjorn's trying to summon and why they even got together in the first place and Dagmar's leaving him. And then Bjorn finds out the mind's on fire and freaks out. And then Klaus reads that uh, letter that Jonas read him, starts going to the house. Dagmar tries to leave, but the class uprising is happening and she gets hit with a bunch of rotten fruit. And then Klaus gets to the house. Sergeant Linkvist is there, tied up. Klaus gets shot in the back with a bunch of poisoned arrows that don't look poisoned. They look like they're glowing with magic. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, they're on fire. And no, they're poisoned. Uh, what? What? Yeah. A hunter from World of Warcraft hits Klaus with whatever arrow gives you a big debuff. Oh, 
There we go. Okay. Scorpion shot. Yeah. Um, like it's not green liquid dripping off of it. It is rising up off of it, like fire or electricity or something. Yeah, it's magic poison fire. Yeah, and Klaus is getting away. A kid finds Klaus and is like, I'm going to help you, and starts carrying him off into the woods while all the soldiers start gathering up all the kids in the town to, quote, protect them. And yeah, Klaus and the kid are going back to Klaus's house, and Bjorn follows them into the woods and is like, I'm going to fucking kill that guy. I'm going to fucking kill Santa. The Santa. And we've been reading from a trade paperback, but I do want to highlight the issue five cover. It's Klaus being chased by a giant goat demon with his tongue sticking out of its broken skull. <laughs> I'm a good look, yeah. I'm going to be honest. That upset me. Why would you, if you haven't shown the demon in the comic the whole time and it's not going to show up until issue six, why would you show it on the cover for issue five? Oh, shit. That's, oh, yeah. What the hell? Hey, Dan Mora, what are you doing? Yeah, that's, whoops. I just got really excited about him. It's it's cool though. I why didn't they just call it the Krampus? That's the Krampus. Straight up, that's what I called it in my head the entire time. So one thing I learned doing my weird, not quite research, but reading what people have to say about Santa is that in real life, Krampus kind of rules. Oh, I don't want to get completely into it, but I'm going to include some posts by benito serino in the show notes where the nazis just fucking hated krampus and he gets points for that that's good yeah i'm really taking in the issue six cover for the first time and like it's it has klaus but looking more like santa than he ever does even in the one shots just in the background like a spirit ghost Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're like, hey, how about here's what he just looks like as an old man. He's not going to ever be an old man. But what if he was? Oh, damn. Spoiler. (laughs) Which one of y'all want to hit issue six? Uh, Before that, I do want to say looking more like Santa than he ever does, but still looking like Ben 10's grandpa more than Santa. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Are... Are the Northern Light Spirits just aliens in the Omni-Tech? Omni-Trix? Omni-Trix. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I mean, they look like they look like it, so yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Bjorn's like, I want to be Kevin Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> God, he does kind of look like uh, original series Kevin Eleven before he got buff. Yeah. Before Gwen was a space witch. <laughs> Alright, let's keep talking about Klaus. I don't want to think about Ben 10 or Ben 10 all grown up. Too bad I don't think there's a comic. I'll try and look that up later and put it on the list for you. Uh, please do. <laughs> Welcome to Jumping On Point, your monthly Ben 10 recap podcast. Okay, so this issue starts with an establishing shot of the town where we see that the king, who's 
been mentioned earlier, is finally riding in, and Dagmar and Jonah are trying to escape. Meanwhile, like you mentioned, the boy and Klaus finally make it back to Klaus's cabin, and he walks him through how to make a healing potion that'll get him not completely back in shape but better able to stand on his own two feet again and when he goes out to check on lily she's growling at something it at first kind of looks like the spirit lights but then she gets shot with another poison arrow and it's the baron that panel of her running away (laughs) makes me so sad yeah, seeing this one with with arrows sticking out, it's not good. Yeah, it is good to note, though, that the child calls Klaus Mr. Wizard. <laughs> yes. Klaus would run Evo better than the actual Mr. Wizard does, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, when Klaus is finally able to step out and investigate, he is sucker punched and when he comes to he's being drawn and quartered across not sure if it's drawn and quartered if he's not being tied to horses anyway he is tied down onto the thin ice with stakes while his home is being burned and meanwhile the baron is monologuing about the yule time spirit the mysterious santa the wolf man the you and i are linked by cursed genes <laughs> lily i'm trying to deliver all these presents but i'm dummy thick <laughs> that's what you were that was a metal gear thing right cursed genes <laughs> yes okay good but the cop of my ass cheeks keeps alerting olaf <laughs> okay <laughs> Okay, so, yeah, Klaus is at his lowest point, and the Baron kidnaps the boy who helped him, and he's brought into a room where it seems like all the other children in town are, and they seem happy. They're they're being fed. Being fed a lot. Yeah, Alette from Kingdom Hearts is there. Damn, not wrong, though. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, someone down in the mines just literally fucking dies from exhaustion. And that is enough to finally, finally break Krampus out of his prison. Yeah, specifically the one who loses it and after the guy dies and really mines hard and frees the demon is the father of the boy who is hanging out with Klaus. Yeah, it's... I didn't write down their names because they didn't show up in the first issue, but yeah, there's this recurring blonde family throughout the <laughs> second half of the series. Yeah, the kid is Finn Mickelson and the dad is Gunnar Mickelson. <laughs> I'll take your word on that. Thanks. Yeah, Krampus is here. Yeah, Krampus is here, and the children are being fed just a lot of desserts all of a sudden, and he realizes this is a lot like that movie, Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then Finn Mickelson looks at his wristband, wristband, wristband that he got at church camp, and it says, what would the Santa do? <laughs> and he starts coming up with a plan. 
Yeah, he starts coming up with a plan, and the king is finally here to arrest the baron for just being terrible. And one of the examples of him being terrible is that there's this huge feast that they can't even fit the entire table on one panel. It's like, how could you put on a feast like this when literally everyone else in town is starving? That's capitalism, baby. <laughs> I also want to say, I like how the king has a guy who looks exactly like Bjorn with him because everybody needs an evil advisor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he really does. Yeah, he looks like, the guy with the king looks like issue one Bjorn and actual Bjorn is like even paler than usual. His eyes have sunken in and he's got a big dumb joker grin. <laughs> Damn, just like Buggy. <laughs> got smeagled. He got smeagled. Yeah, that's a good analog. He got smeagled by Krampus, who walks in with a burning corpse. Krampus be walking. <laughs> that's nothing. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. They can't all. That's a reference to the title of a recent podcast episode of a podcast that you don't listen to. <laughs> You want to at least say what it is? Oh, we are watching One Piece. The episode is Oars Be Walkin'. Uh, okay, so... Yeah, burning body. Just then, uh, Lily finds Klaus out, out on the thin ice, and she's able to revive him by singing their song. Yeah, she's got a bunch of friends with her. A couple of wolves. There's something that I still don't quite get what they're going for here but in this panel where the the spirits of the northern lights are being summoned there's a panel going across the side of the page of his heart freezing and turning to ice i think that's just him dying you know how when you freeze to death your heart turns into literal ice <laughs> as, as it do you know he dies and wakes up in a vaporwave. <laughs> Green sleeper. Yeah. So the northern lights coalesce into like alien looking shapes. They look like warframes. Kinda. But yeah, after that, he wakes up. To properly describe it, he's in a plain white void with strange geometric shapes, including what's clearly just two traced over tesseracts from the... <laughs> you look at the Wikipedia image for tesseract, just two frames of that gif. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, notably, there are, aside from Klaus, Lily, and the strange shapes, there's a plain wooden sled and three strange crystal beings saying, make better. Yeah, and they got runes. They got runes. The one in the middle has the joy rune that they mentioned earlier. Yeah, there's specifically, from left to right, um, Gebel, which is Gif, uh, Win, which we already discussed, which is Joy, and then um, Waz? Let me open this one's individual Wikipedia article. Oh uh, yeah, Ewaz, which means Yew Tree. Later on in one of the one-shots, he says one of these runes is fire, so... I assume that's the wood from the tree. 
That's yeah. And like the fire rune, I remember being completely not any of these. <laughs> it's fine. It's yeah. He he has just whatever powers he needs, you know. But yeah, they put him on him on his chakra points, and he briefly turns into Doctor Manhattan, and then the issue ends. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think Jake should cover the last issue then. Yes. Uh, yep, I think so. All right. So uh, the last one starts off with the kids kind of uh, making their escape. They uh, crawl up through some sort of like chute into a kitchen. And they're like, oh, hey, there's uh, no one here. <laughs> and uh, like, Santa's going to save us. It'll be fine. And one of the kids is like, no, Santa's dead. <laughs> They're like, if there's no, if there's no good spirit, who's going to stop the bad one? And then it just hard cuts. The next page is uh, Krampus has the entire freaking castle on fire. He is, he's got Dagmar and uh, and Jonas like kind of cornered, and he's yelling about how he needs bad children, greedy bad children, and he's trying to take Jonas. And the, uh, Bjorn is like, wait, hey. Hey, no, that's that's not what we agreed on. That's that's my son. <laughs> hey, leave him. No, he's he's my kid. Leave him alone. You're supposed to do what I say. And uh, he looks at his book, and the demon's face is gone. And now uh, Krampus has Jonas. He's like, "Oh yeah, command me. Try it." And uh, then he is uh, kind of just telling telling him to uh, to screw off. He is just yelling at the yelling at the man. And Dagmar gets a bow and shoots him in the face. <laughs> he drops Jonas, who starts to run off. And he uh, he runs into the other little kids. And uh, <laughs> which my favorite thing is like he's running for his life from a demon. And he runs into all the poor children. And he's like, ew, stay away. I don't want to catch a disease. <laughs> Priorities, buddy. He doesn't know better. He was raised poorly. There are no bad kids. Uh, and so Krampus catches up to him and yells at them to get into his sack. And uh, he's about to take Jonas again when uh, Blonde Dad shows up and starts kicking Krampus's ass. <laughs> and the, one of the little, little kids is like, is that Santa? And Sven's like, no, that's my dad. That's our dad. Yeah, if your dad came up and swung a pickaxe through a 20-foot tall demon, you'd probably... Oh, I would be... A, I'd be terrified, because my dad ain't gonna get away from that, but I'd be very proud. But, yeah, so then they they start to uh, run. Gunner runs up to his kids and grabs them. They're like, hey, what about Jonas? (laughs) Gunner's just like, fuck him, run. (laughs) And then... I do want to describe, this is a two-page spread that I would put on the side of my van if I could. If if I can preface it quick, the Krampus says nothing can save you from me. And saying, I might have to disagree, is Klaus on a sleigh that looks like it's made of alien technology being being pulled by eight wolves, not including Lily, who's just up on the sleigh with him. He's got his sword up, lightning at his back. It's good. Peace. 
stars in the background, sunset in the background, town in the background. It whips. This is a good spread. Holy shit. I, I'm going to maybe like make that my wallpaper. That's amazing. Yeah, go for it. Uh, yeah, then he, he lands and starts to, uh, he and Lily start to fight Krampus. Uh, now, instead of one big sword, he's got two tiny swords, which I don't know where the big sword went, but I was very confused by that at first. It's fine. It's fine. Um, Krampus and Santa are fighting. He's keeps stabbing him in the chest. And then uh, out of nowhere, Bjorn shows up and stabs Santa, like just straight in the back, up through the stomach, throws him to the ground. And Bjorn starts to tell off Krampus. He's like, I... Uh, he's like, I saved you. Now you have to obey me. You have to give me what I deserve. And so so he does. And he just incinerates him on the spot. <laughs> he just shoots fire out of his mouth and gives him what he deserves. And it could I another beautiful page. To preface something that's gonna happen in like three pages, can I just say he burns all of the skin off of Bjorn. He is just muscle and bone in the state he's left in. And, you know, I'm looking at the page right now, and maybe this is just, like, them drawing him, like, kind of falling backwards, but Bjorn has, like, spiky teeth. Yeah? That's not important. (laughs) Yeah, so then then the town starts, like, actually praising Krampus. They're like, yeah, dude! (laughs) You killed our mayor! Yeah, dude! Uh, Krampus is still focused on getting Jonas, so after he... Bernanates his dad. He uh, starts chasing after him and catches him with a chain. And uh, we see uh, Bjorn's like remains asking people to save his son. His charred, desiccated corpse just chatting. And uh, Dagmar tries to like pick up his sword to go fight the demon, which is pretty awesome. And Santa's like, "Nah, I got this." And uh, he's like, "I, I, I'm fine. I something happened to me. Some Grant Morrison shit." And I can't be killed now. Grant Grant Morrison found me, and I'm immortal. I can I read the next panel verbatim, please. Absolutely. I've been looking forward to this this whole time. So the Krampus is dragging Jonah towards Klaus's sleigh and says, "Oh, what's this? A bright machine from the eight-cornered orb, forged of rarest thought metals by the hated elders of my kind." Well, if you're doing that, I. There's something I also want to read from around here. Yeah. As the Krampus is starting to drag Jonah away, he declares, All bad children belong to me. And Klaus runs in. I say this. There are no bad children. It's so good. And uh, so Krampus and Klaus start to fly off with like his, uh, he had, he corrupted Klaus's sleigh and uh, they are flying into space. Krampus tries to burninate Santa and he's like, ha, guess what? Your fire doesn't work up here. You're in space. <laughs> and he, he cuts his head off while yelling, ho, ho, ho. Yeah. And that, that was probably my favorite panel was just <laughs> cutting his head off and yelling ho 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 that's another good page yeah that because <laughs> then the next one you just see a silhouette of the sled and you see constellations and you see the head falling downwards and the sun rising over the horizon of the curvature of the earth good art 
Yeah, shouts out to Dan Mora. But then Klaus uncorrupts his sleigh, flies down, and uh, he's like, Milady, I've searched and searched for the perfect gift, and I've got you, your kid. And I was like, that's so cheesy, but very cute. Then he flies off and gets a a million foot tall tree and makes it the first Christmas tree and tells everybody to celebrate Yule time. And uh, they dance and they dance and people are happy. That's kind of the end of Krampus. And uh, and yeah, so they uh, it kind of has like a, a dancing montage of uh, them celebrating Christmas throughout all of Dagmar's life. Um, and she gets older, but Klaus always stays the same. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, it's sad. Don't say it like that. It is very sad. And I, I was really hoping that like they'd actually give her magic Christmas alien powers. So I was really bummed that, that she didn't become Mrs. Klaus. Same. Yeah, that's fair. I'm just glad Lily's okay and immortal. Yeah. Lily's important. She's a good dog. He's such a good dog. Yeah, they, they bury Dagmar and Jonah comes up and is like, yo, don't you want to stay? And Klaus is like, nah, I gotta go. But when you need a light in the darkness, I'll be there. And then he flies into space and it ends. <laughs> he goes to the Lunar Civil War. Yeah, so I don't think we... It's getting a little late. I don't want to do the other issues as beat by beat. Right. But I do want to say what each of them's about. That's fair. Okay, so for this one, I'm just going to look at the titles and covers and hit you with what they're about from memory. Hell yeah. All right. Okay, let's go. After the original series of Klaus 1 through 7, uh, the creative team came back every year so far to do one-shots. So that leaves us with three at the time of recording. Because 2019's premieres in about a week or two. First of which being Klaus and the Witch of Winter. It's set in modern day, which <laughs> already <laughs> is a choice. Uh, as Kat alluded to, it starts with Klaus coming back from the Lunar Civil War. And uh, finding out that something's wrong with his workshop and people are being attacked by giant ice monsters uh when he fights the ice monsters first off that's what i was talking about earlier when it's revealed he has fire magic right <laughs> even though i guess he should have wood magic would make fire who needs rules yeah it's fine so uh yeah, he does fire magic and learns that these aren't quite ice monsters because they have wooden skeletons. And he recognizes this particular brand of living wood, follows that lead back to his workshop where the Witch of Winter has forced his former friends, his former friends, the Yule Lads, and Geppetto! <laughs> uh, yeah, I wanted to build up to that, but yeah, Geppetto, the other legendary toy maker. Of course he and Santa are friends. That's such a good Grant Morrison ass. Where's Pinocchio? 
I don't know. They mention him. <laughs> they do. He's like, he's like, they, they were like my boy. Stuck in Monstro in space. Klaus takes place in a sleeping world. <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I do want to go back because this is something else I ended up looking up for the show. The Yule Lads are an Icelandic tradition where six little men, or no, sorry, 13 little men, each one by one show up at your house on the 13 days leading up to Christmas Eve. They just all sound terrible. There's half of them just eat your fucking crumbs. There's like spoon liquor, pan scraper, and like the rest are just jerks. They don't bring you presents or anything, but in this canon, they're interpreted as gift givers who were working with with the Santa. So yeah, Santa and Geppetto fight their way through his workshop and find their way into basically a hall of fame where... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, yeah, this was set up earlier in the issue when he talks to someone in modern day like, wow, if you're Santa, how do you do it? The whole world in one night? Like, oh, I don't. I've got a bunch of people who do that for me. Yeah, the other Santas. (laughs) He's like, I stopped trying to do that a long time ago. And here we see these giant wooden statues of the other Santas, which are, of course, are all real Santas from other people's cultures. You give me a minute. I'll I'll cut this out, but I'll try and pull up that page so I can read their names. One of them's Father Christmas. Oh, I thought it was Father Frost, Dia de Moros. Oh no, Father Christmas is totally there. I was going to say, I think there's a Father Christmas and Father Frost. Yeah, because the guy riding the goat is definitely supposed to be the Father Frost who shows up later. Okay, so the names that we can see and that I'm confident pronouncing are Father Christmas, Did Moros, and Sinterklaus. Yes, on the right it looks like there's a Papa Ramuz. Uh, yeah, and there's a Yule Pucka, I think. It, it looks like the first word is Yule, but he's a character who shows up in a later one-shot and is there just referred to as Father Frost, so... Okay, the dude just chilling on a goat? Yeah, next to the dude who just looks like Odin and Organdalf. Yeah, and third in that column is the dude who looks like a New York cabbie. <laughs> Hey, uh, yeah, I'm here too. <laughs> I'm celebrating Christmas here. Yeah. Celebrating Christmas over here. Oh yeah, now that I've pulled up the issue and I'm looking at it, Grant Morrison did just turn Santa's workshop into the Batcave by including... I forget if there's a giant coin, but he definitely includes a big T-Rex. And it's gotta be for that reason. Yeah. The Batcave is exactly what I thought as well when we were looking at it. Then he uses the giant statues and Geppetto's help and his fire magic to fight the the Witch of Winter, rescues the two kids that I forgot to mention. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh yeah. (laughs) And uh, 
by warming her heart, he he causes the Witch of Winter to melt into the, I guess, the Witch of Spring. Yeah. They don't give her a proper name, but it, they imply that she's a separate person now that the seasons have changed. Yeah, she's cool. And one of these last panels, it really shows that she has Hades hair. Yeah. 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 Blue fire. Then he takes the kids home. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And their dad says, oh, you caught me dressed up like Santa. I'm sorry, kids. I guess you know Santa's not real, and I'm sorry about that. And then it just cuts the Klaus on his sleigh saying, oh, 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 it's good. It's fucking space metal sleigh. I think, Jake, you should try and cover Crisis in Xmasville and... Cat, you should try to tell me what happens in Klaus and the Crying Snowman. Absolutely. All right, let me pull that one back up because I do not remember it as well. All right, Klaus and the Crisis in Xmasville. So this one, uh, I thought it was kind of interesting because it kind of goes back into time to 1985. So the timeline's now going back on itself, which thanks, Grant. <laughs> And there is like a family going on a road trip. They uh, then find themselves in a town just full of Santas, just chock full of Santas. Oh, yeah. Should mention this is in August that he finds this town full of Santas. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, And it's like every person that they see in the town um, is like someone dressed up in a Santa suit. Like everybody is a bad mall Santa. My favorite one in particular is like the guy working at the gas station who has long technical difficulties. Be right back. Now recording. All right. So, um, Santa's in August. (laughs) Technical issue. We're back. Um, Yeah, so my favorite one in particular is the guy working at the gas station who has like long blonde hair that's just kind of sticking out from his cap. So the guy, the dad of the family goes into the gas station. He, He calls he calls his mom and is like, hey, we're in some weird town where everybody thinks it's Christmas and it is August. And as he's doing this, the lights shut off and he gets just surrounded by other Santas. He gets jumped by Santas and the phone call cuts off. Uh, I know we weren't going to go as into detail, but I do feel like the opening was a little important because then it cuts to the mom who apparently Santa gave her a magic flare gun. (laughs) Yeah. Like, hey, if you ever need Santa help, I got a Santa flare gun and I'll, I'll always be here for you, Kate. And no, I was gonna say, knowing Grant Morrison, uh, her being named Kate and him, re- you know, repeatedly making sure to stay, say her name is probably a reference to something. Oh my god! Wait, I just noticed that on page ten, the portrait in the background is him and her as a little kid. Aw, that whips. That's that is really good. While he's looking like fucking Moon Knight. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, then, so Santa decides that he's going to, uh, you know, help, help her out and go find her family. And, uh, the town, we see some old guy in a wheelchair and like, I think his son or grandson or something owned the Pola Cola company. And, uh, you know, they, they had a war with Santa Claus once upon a time. Um, 
And and one thing that I thought was wild is that they had mechs, and this was like in the past in the eighties. So I do love that that they were fighting Santa Claus with mechs. Um, and the guy, the guy's like, we're gonna have our own Santa Claus, and we're going to take over the world with soda. We're going to take over the world with Coca Cola. Yes. No, Pola Cola. Pola Cola. You can't get sued. <laughs> um, and Santa shows up in the town. He sees a machine making fake snow to make it snow and is like, hey, I thought Martians who used fake snow once. <laughs> he just casually drops that he used to fight Martians. You know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. And uh, then he sees a twisted evil sled that I, for a brief second, uh, oh shoot, now I can't think of his name, but it made me think of the DC space guy who rides like an evil space motorcycle. Oh, Lobo? Yeah, Lobo. I was like, is evil Santa going to be Lobo? And so the rest of the time that I was reading it, I thought of evil Santa as Lobo, because you turn the page and uh, indeed, there is an evil Santa. Drinking Lily's blood. Oh, shoot. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, but evil Santa and good Santa fight. Like, they really do give evil Santa some Lobo-looking faces. And knowing Grant Morrison, that was on purpose. Because that's what he does, is weird shit and references. I mean, you remember that issue where uh, Lobo killed Santa? This is revenge. <laughs> yeah, so they, uh, they fight. Evil Santa wins. And are you guys hearing my dogs? Oh, yeah. They just started barking. They're lovely. <laughs> it, is it... Is it bad? Should I go? No, I think it's okay. If... It's fine. We'll let you know if you need to go fix the dogs. Okay. I just, I didn't want it to be too disrupting. Anna should be up there with them, so I don't know what they're freaking out about. Probably like Grundy has a toy that Steve wants because <laughs> Steve's a butthead like that. But it sounds like they've stopped, so probably it got resolved. Proud of them for working it out. <laughs> um, anyways, so. They fight, evil Santa wins, and he starts, like, dragging Klaus into his evil Martian lair where there's a bunch of kids in tubes. Then evil Santa reveals the evilest thing of all about him. He's a flat earther, <laughs> or flat universer. Oh, <laughs> uh, I didn't think to look up, but uh, that is also a... Oh, yeah, that happened in the same year that it was revealed DC is also a flat multiverse. Oh, God. Oh, God damn it. I don't know. Comics take a long time to make, so I don't know whether that was him referencing that or whether fucking him and Scott Snyder watched the same movie the same night and were like, hey. <laughs> it's just like the Elder Scrolls. <laughs> so... They fight some more. Evil Santa reveals that he is like draining the imagination from the little children to fuel his evil plans. I don't actually remember what he was draining the imagination for, but he uses it as power. Can I hit that quick? Because that's pretty good. There's a race of other aliens that burnt out their imaginations and they died. And so he harvests the kids' imaginations. And then that race of aliens smoke the imaginations and then pay him. <laughs> they are vaping those kids. Oh shit! They're not in test tubes or vats or anything. They're in vape juice. 
it? <laughs> Vape lava lamps, yeah. <laughs> Shit. Uh, so yeah, there is one thing I wanted to bring up while we're while we're on a bit of a tangent, anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so earlier in the original series, it was kind of brought up that people think Class is a wolf man because he's scary and has a beard and a pet wolf. Dark Universe Santa actually is a wolf man, and that's a super good callback. It is. Oh shit, yeah. But then we we cut back to like the old the old Policola man, and uh, he reveals that his evil plan is to make an army of Santas and change Christmas to Xmas, which just, whoo, man, uh, and make it a year long. <laughs> A year-long celebration. Damn, just like Starbucks when they didn't put Christmas on the coffee cups. <laughs> yeah, exactly the same. The evil cola man wants to take Christ out of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the, my favorite part, though, is that they want to make people scared of the color red because they're going to make like their evil Santa Claus do war on the world. And then they're going to have a blue Santa. <laughs> A blue Policola Santa come and defeat all of the evil Santas so that people think, oh, Policola is the best. And we're going to just worship them all year round because the Policola Santa saved us from the bad Santa. Yeah. And then, and then Klaus gets saved by somebody. and I don't know who she is. I didn't ever catch that. But a lady shows up and grabs Klaus and Lily and like portals them out of there. Uh, her name is Snowmaiden. Oh, okay. I thought the, I thought he was just calling her a snow maiden. I oh, I thought that was her name. I mean, you might be right. I might have just. Uh, but he brings her to, or brings she brings them to, uh, father or grandfather Frost, uh, his secret lair. And uh, one thing I love is that like he only has power for where people believe in him. So his secret base is in Russia because that's the only place where people know about Grandfather Frost. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah, the blocks behind him are all in Cyrillic. That's cool. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, I love that. But yeah, you know, yeah, they they do. Her name is just Snow Maiden. She is Frost's granddaughter. They they heal up Klaus, give him a uh, or and then he gives her like a priceless artifact spear thing. uh, The the. Um, just his staff. I don't think it has a name. And they go to fight evil Santa. He's like, they only ever made one. Don't break it. <laughs> hmm. Guess what's going to happen? Well, they only made one and it's made out of silver. Magic silver, which is hard to find. Isn't it moon silver? Hold on. <laughs> yeah, it's moon silver. Or dream silver. <laughs> Even better. Cold smelted dream silver and the sky people only ever made one. <laughs> Damn, I can't believe Grandfather Frost got into the knockup stream and went to Skypea before. <laughs> I was going to make a joke about being sky people, but that works too. Thank you. Um, Before we move on to them fighting bad Santa, can we comment on the fact that A, they saved Lily, B, Lily is very hurt, and C, the last time we see Grandfather Frost is he shrinks himself down and starts going to Lily's mouth to cure her wound. Yes. <laughs> He's going to punch the evil inside her and... <laughs> I'm gonna go kick your disease's ass. <laughs> 
I'm gonna go kick your injuries ass from the inside. Uh, but yeah, so Santa and Snow Maiden go to fight Evil Santa. Evil Santa turns into a big old wolf man. He breaks the priceless one of a kind staff that she like a few pages ago got told like don't lose it don't don't let it get broken it's one of a kind it's my favorite that shit killed me <laughs> it was important though because it was made out of silver then klaus realizes oh hey he did say silver and so he picks it up and stabs him in the chest and uh I think the evil santa just kind of he throws him off a building and then he dies yeah <laughs> He dies, Grandpa Polacola dies. <laughs> Grandpa Polacola. <laughs> yeah. And all the 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 sad unimaginative aliens don't get any kid pods to to jewel. No, they all leave. And Bad Santa's spaceship is like falling back into the dark reflection of this universe and Klaus like flies them all out through a vortex. <laughs> a very odd page. Oh yeah, because I'm looking at that page, it is then revealed that the eight wolves pulling his sleigh are indeed named Dasher, Dancer, Prancer. <laughs> and presumably Vixen, Donner, Cupid, Donner, Blitzen. Yep. It does say that. I do see that right there. I wonder how Rudolph translates into that. That's going to be the fourth one shot. <laughs> <laughs> Rudolph, the red... There's Wolf? That, uh, I don't know. That's definitely going to be something ridiculous, and I am here for it. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> um, But then it cuts forward to, I think, present day, or close enough. Um, The granddaughter of the lady who used the uh, Santa flare in the beginning is an author. Santa shows up at her uh, at her book signing. It's like, I have a gift for you. It belonged to your grandmother. And she's like, wait, what? She died in 96. And Santa's gone. Her name was Kate. Her name was Kate. The end. Yeah, these are really good. All these one shots whip. Yeah, I did decide to look up what this series is about if you want to take a quick break and hear that. Oh, yes, please. Yeah. So this is about Joe Christmas, who... Isn't that the motherfucker who killed Batman's parents? (laughs) (laughs) That's uh, pretty close. Um, I think it's Joe Chill, which... It is. (laughs) Which is a terrible name. But yeah, the it's called The Life and Times of Joe Christmas. Abandoned as a baby, Joe Christmas is taken in by Klaus. In this holiday calendar-inspired comic, experience 25 all-new short stories of Klaus teaming up with Joe Christmas over the years. Oh my oh. god. And the cover is Klaus holding this baby like... Like any movie that is ripping off of kurosawa movies like the mandalorian (laughs) kurosawa whips i'm a fan first when it was said it was joe christmas i was like wait do you think joe christmas is going to be the cab driver santa i hope so uh at at first i was kind of thinking of uh fred claus the classic (laughs) vince vaughn and paul giamatti movie Mm-hmm. where he's where uh vince vaughn is santa claus's slacker younger brother the, the titular fred the fred and i have not watched it so 
Um, I have no idea what it's about other than that, but that that is immediately what popped into my mind. I think that's all you need to know about it. You're probably right. Do do y'all want the speed run of Klaus and the Crying Snowman? Yeah, we probably should. So first, this came out in 2018, and the cover whips because Klaus looks like Kratos, God of War. Damn, you do. I'm pretty sure that's what they were going for. But yeah, here's how Klaus and the Crying Snowman goes. There's a snowman, and it's like, yo, I fell asleep, and I had this dream, and none of it was real. And this is how it ends. And Klaus is there, and he's like, hey, you did a good job. Please remember what happened because I have a gift for you. And then Klaus sets up exactly what happens by saying, You and I, we sailed to the towers of Animatropolis on Titan. We fought the armies of the Comet people, but it all started before that when I met the tree monster. So we cut back in time to Klaus fighting a giant tree monster, messes it up, Lily's there, he casts Fyraga on an arrow and burns it down. And uh, he runs into his good friends, the Yule Goat. Just the Yule Goat. It's a goat that knows ice magic and chills. Father Frost is there too. And they're like, hey, I don't know what's really going on. There's these tree monsters. I see you're all back here from the moon to help with that. And Klaus goes up to Frost and is like, hey, without you, we would have lost the Civil War. The kobolds and the moon dogs would still be at each other's throats. (laughs) Which is... I want that lore. <laughs> God, I, I really hope that, I guess, 2020's clause is about the fucking kobolds and the Lunar Civil War. Like, I need to know what is going on there. No, honestly, I just want to hear more and more and more about it, but never see it. Actually, yeah, that's better. <laughs> that's pretty good. Oh, yeah, they're like, yo... Unless we do the impossible, this might be the year without Christmas. The Nightborn are coming. And the other Santas are like, yeah, we lost contact with the people on Animatropolis. And we fear the cosmic clock has stopped. And there's also silence from the Mars bubbles. Which are all great things to hear with no prior setup for these things existing. Grant Morrison! Yeah, these one shots do a great job of just naming some bullshit, and you could tell it's some bullshit. It's good world bidding, though. Like, I read that, and I'm like, yeah, I know what that is. That makes sense, given what I already know. It's solid. Oh, it is. It's just also very silly, so I gotta call it like that. <laughs> you right. Yeah, the guy writing Yule Goat is like, hey, that comet's coming by, and it's bad. It's called Loki. And it happened 1,500 years ago, and it made literal Ragnarok happen. (laughs) And the people who lived in the comet killed actual gods who were chilling on Earth. And that's what's spitting out the seed pods. And they all decide to split up. And, like, Yule Goat and somebody else. Yule Goat and uh, Father Frost? Yeah. They all go off in their different directions. Father Frost is riding a John Deere tractor when he flies off. Can we talk about that? There's not much more to say. It's good. It's something. Yeah, it's special. Yeah, Klaus says that, hey, even if I can't do Christmas tonight, the Yule lads will do it for me. That's fine. So they're friends again, I guess. Or we're friends at this point in the chronology. Who knows what year it is? It's, it doesn't matter. But yeah, Klaus and Lily come across a bloody scarf. And they find the snowman from the beginning who has 
a big grotesque tree arm and a skinnier tree arm. And the snowman's like, oh, I've been in an accident. Why am I so cold? And Klaus is like, it's because you're made of snow, dude. And the snowman's like, what? <laughs> Why am I so cold? Because you're uh, made of snow. Oh, fuck it. I don't know. Yeah. And the snowman sees the scarf and is like, yo, where'd you get that? And has flashbacks to like what looks like a prior life. And the snowman doesn't know what's going on. They think they've got early onset dementia. They're freaking out. They got no idea what's going on. And yeah, the snowman is like, I made a snow. I'm miserable. Why should I help you? And Klaus is like, I don't know, because as the temperature goes up, you're going to get real dumb and melt. And I'm going to tighten where the temperature is a minus 290 degrees Fahrenheit. And the snowman's like, yeah, I guess I'll come along. They go. They fly to the moon of... Is it Saturn's moon or Jupiter's moon? Um, I think they said Saturn. I think so. I, I read that one Kurt Vonnegut book. I should know this. <laughs> but yeah, they get to the moon. They're fighting the machine. The They get there as the like forces from the comet are fighting the near automata. Uh, the robot people who live on Titan and maintain the clock. They're just breaking them all apart. Um, the one who is leading the forces on the assault on Titan from the comet is Hiram, which that's a that's a thing from Norse mythology, right? I think so. I, I'm sorry. Could you repeat that? Uh, Hiram is the leader, of, is the head nightborn, the leader of the forces attacking uh, the town, not the town, the city on Siren. Uh, yeah, he's a Jotun um, from Norse mythology who brings forces towards the battlefield during Ragnarok to fight against the gods. Makes sense. Yeah, I definitely tried to just Google that based on what you said and typed in Herm like this dude's name is Herman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, Herman the Jotun. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, they're just killing all these robots and Klaus and the snowman show up and the snowman's like, What's going on? And as a flashback to a steering wheel. So it was at this it was at this point that I uh I, I realized why Grant Morrison decided that the most important Christmas thing that he needed to add to uh this this one shot was Michael Keaton's Jack Frost. Yeah, I don't know. Like like literally literally, bad dad, car accident, snowman. It's Michael Keaton and Jack Frost. Yeah, it totally is. We'll we'll get to that bit. It's it's strong. But Michael Keaton and Klaus go into a workshop on Titan. And Klaus is like, I know we can't fight all them, but I found what I was looking for. And he's just holding up bagpipes. And it cuts the harem holding up the leader of like the clockwork town. I already forgot the name. Automata mm-hmm. Town. And the robot's just like, bagpipes. <laughs> and Herb's like, what? And they're always like, bagpipes. And then they're flying around like mosquitoes with like the the chanter, the part that you blow into being like mosquito stingers or proboscises. And they're just stabbing into the robots and killing them. And that was awesome. I. <laughs> it's a little silly. <laughs> yeah, a little. Oh, now? Now you think that's silly? <laughs> the bagpipes really pushed it over the edge for me, yeah? I 
I get what you mean, but we just talked about Santa fighting Dark Santa, who is a werewolf. <laughs> you can't, you can't get off this ride halfway. I'm not getting off the ride. I'm just acknowledging that it's silly. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Santa confronts Hiram, who has this cool, like, techno skull cudgel. And Santa's like, yo, I just want to talk. And Hiram's like, we just wanted to talk. We came in peace, and y'all plundered and killed us, and now we're going to kill you. And then the snowman's like, Klaus, don't ask me why I'm doing this. But he grabs Hiram and plunges him into the methane lake on Titan. And it's so cold that all his memories come back. And he's like... Damn, I was a bad dad, and I cheated on my wife, and then I died in a car accident when I killed this, ran into this tree thing. Yeah, I think the implication is supposed to be that his soul went into the tree thing, and that's why he has one big arm and one small arm. Because he says he realizes why he has one big arm, but doesn't actually say. I think so, too. I realize why I have one big arm. Because it's cool. It is cool. And it was the snowman that his son made in front of his house. Remember, 90% of car accidents happen within two miles of your home. <laughs> so be careful. And like I said, Michael Keaton movie. I, I'm pretty sure his son made the snowman. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But yeah, that happens a little later. It cuts the Yule goat who turned into like a big buff goat like chopper one piece does with his rumble balls <laughs> climbing up a cliff hey don't call it that what i know rumble ball hate that it's a medicine the chopper made that lets them better harness the power of his it's steroids the rumble balls they're steroids they're little reindeer boy steroids but yeah your goat's climbing up at the crest of a hill while there are dead people all around him and like flying saucers exploding in the background it whips and uh like your monger is about to eat him and clash and the snowman are like damn i don't know what we do and the snowman's like i know what we gotta do and they start walking to the clock and Klaus is like no that's cheating and the snowman's like, well, it's not like this clock's going to make it anyway. So they grab the gears of the cosmic clock and turn them backwards to go back in time. Hey, so <laughs> let's talk about All-Star Superman. <laughs> Is that the one where he, does he fly around the Earth backways? That's from the movie. Uh, Jake, you know how it ends, right? Yeah. Yeah, so... For Kat and for the listeners, All-Star Superman ends with Superman flying into the sun, which was, like, damaged in a battle with this big alien monster. He flies into it to fix it, and the last page is him, like, turning the gears of the sun, and it huh? looks suspiciously like this. Hey, I- hey! I'm no cosmologist. As far as I'm aware, the sun don't got gears. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, like, the sun is really hot and we can't get inside of it to see what's going on. No, look, I, I learned this. My friends, they might be giants, taught me that the sun is a mass of hydrogen <laughs> gas, a gigantic nuclear furnace, where hydrogen turns into helium at temperatures of millions of degrees. The sun is big. The sun is bright. 
the sun is far away and the sun doesn't have any gears in it. That's how the song goes. <laughs> I forgot about that line. Yeah, I, a lot of people do, but it's there. They, yeah, they go back in time, though, by hand, which whips. And it, it cuts to inside the comic. <laughs> Hiram is there. Uh, the world serpent is there. Suture's there. And they're like, all right, we got to get the sun. We already sent out our scouts. And then Klaus shows up on their hologram projector and is like, yo, do you know what we just did to time? I know you don't want to attack us, but we're coming to change your minds. And they're like, damn, when they send this warning and a little fire dude does the calculations and is like, oh, they sent it an hour ago. And then Klaus and Lily roll up and they're like, hey, we know you're cool. We know the Norse gods suck and you just came here to get energy from the sun to power your civilization because it sucks out on the corners of the galaxy and your orbit only takes you here once every 1500 years and we're just going to let you do it. So be chill. And they're like, damn, thank you. And the snowman's like, yo, you see the good in everything. You really are Santa Claus. And Klaus says, of all the great powers the Shining family gave me, there's one I value most of all. I know who's naughty. I know who's nice. Good. Yeah, we got the Santa lore. And our friend Sam's the snowman's like, ah, so you know, I'm a huge piece of shit. I cheated on my wife. I lied to my boy. And then I died and I was reborn as the snowman my kid built. Jack Frost, and then it cuts to his infidelity, him making the snowman head, him cutting off the relationship with his mistress, and then him crashing into the tree monster. And then we're back to where we were at the beginning, and he's like, damn, I'm dying. And Klaus is like, oh, let me turn you back to see your house. And then the snowman's like, yeah, I'm dying. And then Klaus is like, you sure? We turned time back 24 hours, and I saved your life. And it cuts to Klaus stopping the car from hitting the tree. And I, the snowman melts, and I guess time catches up, and the soul goes from the snowman back into the man who's now standing behind the snowman, but still has the memories of what happened during that time that time travel happened. Even, yeah. God, I hate time travel. <laughs> this is bad time travel, but yeah. And then the dad's like, yo, we're going to make a better so snowman, kid. I'm going to be a good dad now. And that's it. And then it's over. I think this was my favorite of the one shots. I think my favorite might still be Witch of Winter, even though Crisis in Xmasville has the, the strongest premise for me. It's just, I can't get over that public domain warrior, Geppetto. <laughs> says yeah yeah of course i'm friends with the other legendary toy maker yeah of course oh geppetto was also made out of wood except for his head and his heart which was cool but yeah that's all of klaus that's happened and honestly i really liked it all of it me too i think i think i agree with you that uh the snowman was definitely my favorite thank you we can all agree that nega santa was no good Get the fuck out of here, Lobo. Nobody asked for you. He's a good villain. I was glad to see him get rocked. It, it was, it was, they're all three really solid. The, I think my, honestly, my biggest issue though with it was, uh, like in all three of them, they set up a really good premise and like the first, like each, each one is about like 50 pages long and it was like the first 40 pages were like setting up really good and then it just kind of gets resolved. And I thought that each of the one shots kind of did that. 
Yeah, that's something that I feel like recurs a lot in his work. Is like that's his idea of like that's how Superman comics work. That's how you know when you're dealing with a character this big, that's how the story should go which i could see a value to that but yeah like you say it's pretty anticlimactic in in practice yeah like like in the first one he's just like oh and by the way i have fire magic yeah yeah i i feel like with the understanding they're one shots that's okay if it was like yeah not prefaced that it was then that would be pretty bogus that's fair yeah yeah should are we gonna rate things Nah, but i think uh running through our uh highlights and any other issues we have with it would be a good way to cap this off. Yeah, I'll hit my highlight first, and that was the second thought metal crossed my eyes, and the lore, <laughs> the potential lore of this franchise just burst open at the seams. <laughs> that was pretty amazing. Honestly, I think my I think my highlight was uh, give me what I deserve, and then just <sighs> I need burninates them. <laughs> Yeah, similarly, uh, I think from the same issue as those, There Are No Bad Children was just a punch to the gut, and I loved it. Yeah, issue seven, true MVP. (laughs) I was crying in the break room at work. No. And I thanked him for it. (laughs) (laughs) I, I didn't have many huge issues with it. Like, I mean, it was short. It naturally could have been, like, more diverse. There could have been more than just, like, dagmar being a cool woman but yeah beyond that it kind of just yeah beyond those issues it whipped yeah i do appreciate that the second he got out of being in a small nondescript european town the first thing we see is modern day black people it's like okay he's addressing the issue at least true yeah that's very true but yeah uh Similarly, yeah, my highlights are just in general the the way it incorporates to try and organize my thoughts a little bit, it incorporates elements of Santa, but the other things I've been watching, you know, uh like Netflix movie Klaus starring John Goodman. <laughs> or Santa Claus is Coming to Town, which I mentioned earlier, versions like that would go and say, oh, that's why people say he has flying reindeer, and that that would be something close. And eventually, by the end of the movie, every bit and piece is explained. You know, that here's why he wears that, here's why he does this. But every time this version of Klaus says, here's why, it opens up new possibilities. So it's like, oh yeah, he has those powers because of the Shining family. Whomst? What? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I do. I do love that. Like, there's just some shit that they do not explain and will never explain. <laughs> you just kind of gotta be cool with it. Like, yeah, Santa Claus is friends with alien forest ghosts. Whatever. I love that it's aliens. Usually, I would be like, "Nah, this this does not slap." <laughs> but it did. It slapped. That's my commentary. I think. I think looking forward to the new issue of Klaus will be my new like. December tradition. Die Hard? Nah. Grant Morrison's Klaus. Every year, let's go. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's a. This is an afternoon read if you read quick. Yeah. Yeah, it took me two afternoons to get through all of it, including the one shots. So. Yeah, I think I read the first seven issues in one go, and then the next day I read the three one shots, and I felt like that was a pretty good pace. I I read them on the same day. I had a snow day from work and class, so I just chilled and read Klaus all day. Damn, that's the perfect environment for it. That is so appropriate. It was good. I had a nice bowl of chicken noodle soup, and I read Klaus. Hell yeah. Yeah, so... That's about all that I could, uh, that's all I could think to say about the series. It was a fun read. I'd recommend it. Even though we went over everything that happens, I think just seeing the art is enough to, enough to make it worth, worth seeing. I agree. Like, we, we spoiled the whole thing, but it's beautifully drawn, drawn. That's the verb. Yeah, the art is beautiful all the way throughout. I that was like one of my favorite parts, honestly, was Dan Mora's art was amazing. And it makes me want to go read other comics that he's drawn for. Same. And I'm a sucker for good two page spreads. And while there aren't many in this, they're all super stand out. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, since it seems like we're all winding down. Thank you for joining us. And uh, Jake, where can people find you online? Well, if you want to do find me, I am on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Jakey Poo. Um, I probably do not ever use Instagram and I think I go on it maybe like a minute a week, if that. So best bet is just on Twitter. And what about you, Kat? You can find me on Twitter at Real Katsune Miku. That's like Real Hatsune Miku, but with a K instead of an H. You can also find me on another podcast called Standoff, where me, my pal Kingdom, and sometimes Sky, if we need a tiebreaker, talk about stands from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure in a bracket, and we work out which one is objectively the best. You can find that show at Standoff Podcast on Twitter. And you could find me on Twitter at Genuine No Prize. You could find the show at Jumping On Point. Our theme music is Coco and Cookies by JD Astor on ocremix.org. And oh, one last thing we need to do have to pull a name out of the hat. We have to. I'm. I'm. I'm rustling the hat. <laughs> And oh, <laughs> next month, we're suffering from success with Brian Lee O'Malley's seconds. He's a lot taller than you would expect. <laughs> <laughs>